Welcome to Urban Plant Health Network's podcast series, The Good, The Bad and The Bugly. Australia's the last major honey-producing continent that's free of the Varroa destructor mite. Being free of this pest means we have some of the healthiest bees and cleanest honey and wax products in the world. How, though, can we keep it that way? Well, if you're a beekeeper that lives within five kilometres of a shipping port in Victoria, you can help by becoming a honeybee pest warrior. To find out what's involved, I'm joined in the Urban Plant Health Network studio by Ali Dryson, Agriculture Victoria's Bee Biosecurity Officer. Ali, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me, Drew. Ali, before we get into what a honeybee pest warrior is and how people can be involved, what's your role? Well, my role as Victoria's Bee Biosecurity Officer really involves raising awareness within the community on the importance of honeybee biosecurity, which kind of includes just management of honeybee pests and diseases. I'm um, a member of the Agriculture Victoria statewide apiary team, and we're a pretty small team, but we play a pretty key role in just trying to help Australia's honeybee population stay really healthy healthy and mostly do that by preventing things like um, detections of exotic honeybee pests and diseases coming into Victoria. So Ali, how do you then detect an exotic honeybee pest? Well, swarms of exotic bees can come in with mites on them, like the Varroa destructor and other different pests and diseases as well. And they could really damage our colonies. So cargo and freight that come into Australia, even though there's really stringent shipping requirements, they sometimes carry these kind of hitchhikers. And so our team has several preventative and I guess preparedness controls that we use to kind of manage the risks of these exotic honeybee pests and diseases is coming into Victoria and becoming established. I guess the first one is that we manage sentinel hives and swarm catch boxes and they're at all the major Victorian ports and at our international airfields. We kind of think of them like our first line of surveillance. The hives are tested really frequently for exotic pests that may have been caught from an exotic swarm or even our swarm catch boxes can catch swarms as well. And then we have about just under 200 members of the state quarantine response team. We call them our squirt members. <laughs> and these are beekeepers who've been trained and are ready to help Agriculture Victoria when we have or need in-hive surveillance if an exotic bee pest is detected in Victoria. Many of these squirt members, they're mentors already to new beekeepers and are often providing biosecurity advice. We're, we're so lucky to have them on board. And I think the third one is really early detection of these parasites and these pests that come into Australia. It's really important for us to try to limit the spread and the impact on beekeepers. And that's where my kind of honeybee pest warriors come in. You know, urban beekeepers who manage hives in areas around the ports, they would really be considered my second line of surveillance. Their hives are kind of like magnets, just like what our sentinel hives are for exotic bees. So if we can engage all of those beekeepers and convince them to become honeybee pest warriors just like me, then 
you know, they can become a real asset to our surveillance program. I think if you think like the more that we are all looking for a pest or a disease, then the more chance that we've got of finding them really quickly. Well, Ali, I'd say you're doing a pretty good job of convincing people of the importance to be a honeybee pest warrior, and I mean that sincerely. You tell the story well, so I guess it's really important we find these honeybee pests and diseases when they first come into the country. Yeah, it's really, really important. And that's one of the reasons why beekeepers should be really regularly looking for pests and diseases in their hive. Early detection is the single most important factor in any kind of successful eradication, you know, newly established pests. In fact, the honey, the Australian honeybee industry, they knew this and they actually wrote it into their biosecurity code of practice. If you're not familiar with it, Drew, it's a really great job. It has some simple steps that all beekeepers should be doing that help them minimise the impact of pest and diseases in their hive now. And it's not just a Victorian code, it's actually national. The best part about a national code is that if every single beekeeper in the whole of Australia was performing all these steps of the code, then our honeybees would remain the healthiest in the world. (laughs) It's a really important thing to know. Someone once said to me, if you eat you've got an interest in bees because my understanding is that bees are responsible for pollinating about two-thirds of the crops we have in Australian agricultural production. They, they benefit from bee pollination and I think that's also on the Wean Bee Foundation website. You know, they are so important because they help pollinate most of the crops we eat. So at the end of all that, I guess, Ali, is it's crucial that beekeepers follow the steps in the code and keep an eye out for pests and diseases. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, one of the steps in the code is my favourite, and that's that every beekeeper inspects one of their hives in each of their apiaries for the presence of these exotic pests like the varroa mite. And there's kind of three tests that beekeepers can do. One's called, and these are going to sound funny, but one's called a drone uncapping, a sugar shake, and an alcohol wash. Now, in Victoria, it's mandatory that we do the drone uncapping, and then we back it up with either like a sugar shake or an alcohol wash. So mites like the Varroa, they love the drone brood. And for any non-beekeepers, that's kind of the baby boys. (laughs) They take a little longer to develop, which gives the mites a warm home to live in undetected. And a drone uncapping is like a really rapid method. It's very little equipment is needed. It can be carried out really easily as part of a routine hive inspection. And you use this little tool, it's called an uncapping tool. It's kind of like a a wide fork. Some people call them capping scratches and it allows a beekeeper to just remove that drone brood really quickly, easily. And if any mites are present, you'll actually see these tiny reddish brown mites scurrying around on the pearly white pupae. You could even use like a kitchen fork. (laughs) So there's no excuse why a beekeeper doesn't do a drone uncapping as long as the drones are there and available. And the second test that we prefer in Victoria is called the sugar shake. Now, mostly because it's quick, it's simple, and it doesn't kill the bees being sampled. That's my favourite part too. (laughs) The process of kind of shaking bees in pure icing sugar will dislodge any of those external parasites, and then they can be collected and examined to see what they are. It's really important that in Victoria we realise 
we're actually only looking for one mite. That's all it's going to take to know if these exotic pests are here. And that drone uncapping and a sugar shake, that's going to help us find them really quickly. Ali, I'm learning some great new terms today. Drone uncapping and sugar shake, they sound like really interesting tests and you've explained them really, really well. Where do beekeepers get these forks other than out of the cutlery cabinet and also the shakers? Well, a beekeeper can kind of pick them up at um, any of their local beekeeping supply store. So just do an internet search for your local retailer. As COVID restrictions are also easing, bee clubs are starting to meet again, which is wonderful. And some of them are even having a make a sugar shake day. So it's really good fun. Go along, make your own sugar shake kit, share your beekeeping stories with your friends. And the pure icing sugar well you can pick that up at any local supermarket or steal it out of mum's kitchen pantry (laughs) (laughs) you've painted a unique picture in my mind Ali of sugar coating bees It's, it's an unusual image but a very important one bottom line to this performing these tests sound pretty cheap and easy so I guess the early detection of these pests is really important if you and the apiary team are going to be able to stop any spread and impact on Victorian beekeepers. Yeah, they really are easy to do and it's a good habit to start getting into now, performing them. We always recommend doing these tests when the weather's really nice, so like around February, March, and then do one towards the end of the year in like October, November. I guess right now is a really timely reminder for beekeepers to get themselves organised, you know, get your equipment together now. A bit of a hot tip, if you need, uh, get out there and eat like a litre of yoghurt or ice cream, anything that kind of comes in a white bucket I promise you you'll need a white bucket to kind of shake that sugar shake in and the white or the the light colored buckets make it so much easier if there's any little mites floating around on on the surface of the water especially if you wear glasses like if you wear glasses like me now make sure that you wear them when you're doing your inspections it makes it so much easier to see eggs and larvae and anything scurrying around on the water well, who would have thought, Ali, that um, eating ice cream or yogurt is an important part of the nation's biosecurity process? Is there anything else that beekeepers need to do? Well, warrior status is going to be reached when those performing these tests let us know their results via the Bees online platform. Now, that link can be found on the Agriculture Victoria website. It's just really easy. It's bees.agriculture.vic.gov.au. But it's really important to remember that this is a national approach. So every state and every territory, they promote this testing individually. And so you'll need to look up what your state or territory's reporting platform is and just make sure you log the results there. But for Victoria, it's just bees.agriculture.vic.gov.au. You see, if every beekeeper tells us they're performing these tests and didn't find anything unusual, then we all have this level of confidence that these exotic honeybee pests and diseases aren't here yet. And if they are, then we've got a real opportunity to stop them in their tracks. In Victoria, there's nearly 15,000 beekeepers now. And if you imagine 14,000 plus beekeepers performing a drone uncapping and a sugar shake test and saying, hey, Ali, nope, not here. I'm all clear. That's just such a relief. So we want everyone, whether it's a positive or a negative, to just tell us that they're performing these types of tests. So, That's the reporting platform, Ali. 
but what should a beekeeper do if they actually do see something suspicious or unusual in their hives? Yeah, good question. Look, if a beekeeper finds something suspicious, they have no idea what it is. It's really important that they stop their inspection immediately, close up the hive, make sure that they don't remove any bees or any hive components from their apiary, collect whatever that is, whatever that little suspect you know, mite or bug is, store it in a little container. If you've got methylated spirits, pop a bit in there. But if you don't, just put it straight into the freezer. If you can, it's a really great idea to take a photo of it. That might not be possible. But that's where that bucket comes in really handy because it can't escape from the bucket. So it might make it easier to take a photo. And then we want you to call the exotic plant pest hotline immediately. Now, those guys are open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every single day of the year. Their number's 1-800-084881. And I would give them a buzz immediately. Even if in doubt, still call because reports that don't turn out to be exotic pests still give us really useful information. And it kind of underpins this sort of pest-free status that many areas of agriculture use. And you know what? There's so many exotic pests and diseases out there. There's this really great manual called the Biosecurity Manual for Beekeepers, and it will list all of the ones that we care about here in Australia. There's actually a free PDF that people can download on the Be Aware website, which is just B-E-E-A-W-A-R-E. And actually, that's kind of the main reason it's mandatory for all beekeepers to register in Victoria, because In the event of an outbreak, if any of these pests or diseases are found, we can actually contact beekeepers and let them know what's going on and say, hey, you know, I need you to perform a sugar shake test now. Can you do that? That's really important that everyone registers. Well, you mentioned registration there, Ali. Is it expensive to register to be a beekeeper? Actually, for the beekeepers who have zero to five hives, it's actually free. And that pretty much covers about 14,000 of my beekeepers. <laughs> so, um, and now that we've gone digital, they can just do that online. It's just bees.agriculture.vic.gov.au. And we even have like a registration hotline that people can call. But if they log on to that, it's free for a zero to five hives. It's a remarkable number of people that are eligible for free registration, so get on board. It sounds simple. Ali, thanks for speaking to us, and thanks to you and the Apri team for helping keep Victoria and Australia's honeybees free of these destructive exotic pests and diseases. I wish you and the team all the success ahead, and if you're a beekeeper, especially within five kilometres of the port, get your drone uncapper and sugar shake ready and start looking. Thanks, Drew. It's been awesome talking to you. And I just want to thank all the beekeepers out there who've already been performing these tests and letting us know their results for years now. You guys are already warriors in my eyes. um, And I really look forward to seeing the army of honeybee pest warriors grow in Victoria. (laughs) So thanks. Thanks, Ali. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Good, The Bad and The Bugly. For more episodes in this series, find us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to hear your feedback, so please leave a comment or rating and share this series with your friends and family. All information is accurate at the time of release. This podcast was developed for the Urban Plant Health Network.